not quite as tall as Roger. Luke chapter 2, 21 through 32. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. We have been speaking, studying together over the past several weeks, magnificent messages of Christmas. We've talked about the angels speaking to Zechariah, Gabriel speaking to Zechariah, Gabriel speaking to Mary. We spoke last Sunday about the shepherds, one of the most magnificent images to me of, of Christmas. But, you know, after all that is over, there is one more message, and it is one that is most often forgotten. We know about all those other messengers, and we know about their message, we know what happened, and, and then I realized that it's after Christmas, and so, you know, what am I, why am I preaching one more sermon about magnificent messages of Christmas? Because the story of Simeon, a, a unique individual, and his message, his recognition of the Christ child, is, is also a part of the Christmas story but it is a part that is often forgotten. Tim, it's, it's sort of unusual that the others are angelic messengers, but this is a man that God chose to bring a special message. Um, and he is a part forever of the Christmas story. Now, when I brought the other messages about the magnificent messages, it was really about the messages, and I think that's what I originally had in mind for today, but Mike, somewhere along the way, I got to thinking, what about the messenger? Because the others were angels, and we really know very little about them. Jonathan, we, we, we don't know a lot about the angels. We still don't know a lot either, Sarah, about this messenger, Simeon, but he's a man. He is an individual, and there is a very short description of his life in the Scripture and that is what was read to us this morning. And most of what I will say to you this morning comes from just one verse that describes the character of Simeon. But he is an example for us at Christmas time. I want you to think about the character of Simeon 
First of all, it says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 that he was a righteous man. He was righteous. Now, that's terminology we don't use very much anymore. When was the last time that you said about somebody, he was righteous? Now, we might say about somebody that he's a good man. We, we might even say about him, Terry, he's a good old boy. By the way, a good man and a good old boy are not necessarily the same thing, right? You think about that. Uh, that he's a good old boy means that people like him. He may be a rascal and still be called a good old boy. He, he may not be the kind of guy that you want your daughter to marry. You want a good man. You want a righteous man. We, we don't talk a lot about righteousness. Uh, my reading this morning, I'm sort of between schedules with my reading. I've been reading through Proverbs over and over and over again. You guys who pray for me one day a month, you know that every time you ask, how can I pray for you? I say, pray for wisdom. You want to know the wisdom of God? Read the Proverbs. And I read this morning in Proverbs 14 too, where a, a man who lives an honest life glorifies God and is blessed of God. A good man. You know that term, a righteous man, is used very few times in the Scripture. Uh, I wrote down, he, it was used of Job, it was used of Noah. Uh, at one point, it was even used of Lot. And by the way, it was used of Joseph, Mary's betrothed husband. But it's not a term that we use anymore. We, it's fallen out of favor to be a holy person, to be a righteous person. But let me tell you, it pleases God when we live an honest life. It pleases God when we live a righteous life. I think, I don't know, Carol, maybe we have become so worried about being legalistic that we've forgotten that it's important to live right. Are you living right? You will have an opportunity this coming week to start a new year of your life. How do you desire to be different? And what would you like Put on your tombstone. What would you like your epitaph to be? What about he was a good man. He lived a life. By the way, if you think God does not bless a righteous man, look at the particular job, the particular ministry, the particular opportunity that Simeon had to be used of God in a most unusual way. What would your friends say of you on Facebook, if you will, at the end of your life? He was a good old boy? Or he was a righteous man? Simeon was a righteous man. The second characteristic that I read in Luke 2.25 is that he was devout. Devout. Um, you know, we use religious speak a lot, and I thought, wonder how many people, what, you know, if we took a poll, what does devout 
mean? So Sheila, I looked at all the different translations, and you know what they all say? Devout. <laughs> they just that's supposed to help, right? Look at different translations. What what word do they use? How do they explain it? Devout. Devout doesn't just mean religious. It means dedicated. It means being sold out. Simeon was sold out to God. There was no part of his life that was not dominated and ruled by the Spirit of God and by God Himself. He was totally devoted to God. He was sold out to serve God. Let me ask you this morning, what part of your life are you holding back? What part of your life is there that you have not yet let God in and let not God to touch and change in your life? Reminds me of a story. I heard about a German student, college student, had met friends in the States. He invited various ones to come visit him. Only one ever came back in Germany. And when the guy showed up, the German student's parents, Tony, were not home. And so he told the friend when he arrived, just be at home. This house is your house. Just, just make yourself at home. And then he said sort of lowly, just don't touch anything. Now think about that. You're welcome here. You are my guest. Make yourself at home, but don't touch nothing. You know, sometimes I think that's what we've said to God. I want a relationship with you. I want to be seen to be a follower of Christ. But don't you dare change my life. We've got rooms that are locked that He can't go into. We've got parts of our life that He's not allowed to touch. And I'm asking you today, what part of your life does God want in and you have Him locked out? Simeon was totally, completely sold out to God. The other characteristic then that I read of him is that he was believing. He, not just he was considered a believer, but he believed God. The Bible says, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now you understand that the Christ is the Messiah. That, I talked about that last Sunday. That's the Messiah word, the anointed one. He understood Charles very clearly what that means that he would not see death until he had seen the Messiah come. That's something the nation of Israel had looked for for thousands of years. That is the summation of the prophecy of the Old Testament. The coming of the Chosen One. The coming of the Messiah. We understand the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. But he had heard that promise, and he believed it. He believed it. No one else had had such a promise. No one else had seen such a thing happen in their lifetime. That made him special. And he believed 
that God had chosen him above anyone else for this specific task. He heard the word, he believed what God said. What about you? Do you realize you may not be Simeon, you may not consider yourself righteous or devout, but you have the opportunity of being believing, of hearing the Word of God and obeying it. And I want you to understand you may not be Simeon, but God has a special plan for you and He wants to use you in a unique way. Teenagers, I have to admit, I thought of you when I read this this, this week and when I put this sermon together. Your faces popped into my mind because you are at the beginning of a life that can be filled with joy and of service to God. You are at a point in your life where you're making major decisions and you probably feel unworthy. Most teenagers do. But please understand that God wants to put His hand on you and He wants to use you in a unique way, in a way that He cannot use anyone else but you. The question is whether or not you will believe what God says. Whether you will believe what He's trying to get you to do. That you, whether you will follow His leadership. You are special. And God wants to use you in a special way. Will you hear Him? Will you do what He's asking you to do? Will you choose to be sold out for God and live a life that pleases God? It also says of Him that He was faithful. And I put in parentheses the word patient. Because that's what it means here. It says in verse 25, He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I don't know how old Simeon was. Uh, we were talking today. It's not only Shelley Palmer's birthday. Shelley, they tried to get me to sing to you this morning. It would have emptied the auditorium. If I had sung birthday, happy birthday to you. But it's also... He's not looking at me. It's also our young friend's birthday over here. But he says he's not the oldest member of the church right now. But happy birthday, Bobby. If Gerald, maybe Gerald is watching on the live stream. You said Gerald is 93. So happy birthday, Gerald. Could it be that Simeon was 93 years old when he got the message? And he's saying, Lord, how long will I live? And the Lord says back to him, not till Messiah comes. Well, Lord, how long is that till Messiah comes, Simeon? You will live until Messiah comes. On the other hand, what if Simeon was 10 years old? Any 10-year-olds in the crowd today? What if Simeon was 10 years old? And he was told, not until Messiah comes. You will live until Messiah comes. How long was that? David, we're not told, are we? He just lived until Messiah came. 
I wonder how many times he said, Lord, are you sure? I wonder how many times he went to the temple time after time after time. Do you get the picture? He never gave up. He may have wondered. He may have speculated. He may have asked. But he never gave up. Man, I need some church members like that. Well, I didn't get many amens then. We're... I need church members like that. I need to be like that. We are struggling in a time of pandemic. We are struggling with the news. We are struggling. And I appreciate your prayers because it's been hard on me too. But we are to be found faithful. Patiently waiting on God. Patiently serving God. Never giving up. Never quitting. Simeon, by the way, was waiting for his birth. We're waiting for his return. Chad, I used to hear all the time a lot of preaching about, could be tomorrow. Could be tomorrow. He can come at any moment. I don't hear that a lot anymore. Has the truth changed, Roger? Or is he still coming? Are we still waiting for his coming? Are we still faithfully watching for his coming? Do we still say in our heart, time after time, even so come Lord Jesus? Jesus is coming soon. And we need to faithfully watch and wait and serve until he comes. It is also said of Simeon that he was spirit-led. says in chapter 2, verse 25, And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It is said that the Spirit of God gave him the message, the promise, that he would not die until Messiah was come. And he believed that message. Notice that it was the Spirit of God inspired of God, where he got that message, that's who told him was the Spirit of God. He said, well, the Spirit's never spoken to me. Did you ever read the Bible? You realize that because the Bible is the Word of God, inspired of God, that when you read the Word of God, I've said to you before the old saying, that when you read the Bible, it's the only book that when you read it, the author is present with you. The Spirit of God, when you read the Word of God, will in fact lead you and help you to understand what you're reading. I challenged the Barnabas class this morning to make sure that every member of the class reads the Bible, at least some of the Bible, every day. I would love it if every one of you in here would do that. Make sure that every day, you follow the leadership of the Spirit and you invite the Spirit of God into your daily life by opening the book and reading the inspired Word of God. Simeon was led by the Spirit day after day. He walked in the Spirit of God every day of his life. I am convinced that that the secret to real spirituality 
is to acknowledge the presence of God in every moment and in every place we are. The Bible says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct thy paths. Acknowledge God. Walk in the Spirit. You say, how do I live a righteous life like Simeon did? The Bible says, be led by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. We let all kinds of things distract us and lead us. But the Spirit of God desires to speak to our hearts. You know, I like uh, the Old Testament talks about Enoch who walked with God and was translated. I heard a Sunday school teacher told the story of Enoch to her little kids, and she explained it this way, that every day Enoch went out and walked with God. They walked and they talked together, and then they would turn around and come home. And one day God said to Enoch, Enoch, we've walked so far today that we are closer to my house than we are to your house. Why don't you just come home with me? I like that. I would like to walk so close to God that when time comes, He says, you're mighty close to my house. Just go home with me. Just go home with me. Walk in the presence and the power of God. I asked my class this morning, and I ask you, the next time we meet together, in a service like this, it will be 2021. How do you want your life to be different in the new year? How do you want to change? What do you want to be like in the new year? And that brings the question, what are you going to do to be different? Seek God. Walk by the leadership of the Spirit of God. Be a Spirit-filled believer in Jesus Christ. That's what He wants for you. Being led of the Spirit led Simeon on that particular day, on the right day, at the right time, in the right place. It says He came in the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Walking in the Spirit will have you in the right place at the right time. But we sang that song, and I don't know if my son had ever seen that. I saw Tim looking at me because I was standing over there with my hand up. I don't know if he's ever seen me worship that way before. He hadn't, we haven't been in worship together in a long time. But I tell you, there's, there are times I just want to raise my hand and worship God and adore Him. And the Spirit of God led Simeon into the, ch into the church, into the temple, into the house of God, and he worshiped. God, 
and praised Him for the birth of the Messiah as He held Him in His hands. And He said of Him, Lord, now You're letting Your servant depart in peace according to Your Word, for my eyes have seen Your salvation. Listen, Simeon's saying, I've seen Jesus, and it's enough. I'm satisfied now. And I need you to understand that soul satisfaction comes from knowing Jesus, believing in Him as the Son of God, and trusting in Him as your personal Savior. Every week when I speak, I know individuals are here who need to be saved. People are here who've spoken to me and I'm praying for them personally that they will take the step of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If that's where you are this morning, let me ask you one more time, by the drawing of the Spirit of God, by the conviction of God, would you come and put your faith Repent of your sins before God and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Believe who He is. Trust in Him for salvation. Let me ask you this, all of you. If your life, like Simeon's, was to be summed up in one sentence, how would you be described what would be your epitaph what would your friends put on Facebook about you how would they sum up your life you have one more chance to begin writing that story I would challenge you today this final day of this awful year 2020 I would challenge you to come today to follow the leadership of the Spirit and conviction, to hand your life over to God anew. Sell out for Jesus. Don't limit Him as to what He can do in your life in this coming year. Come to Jesus today. I, I want us to stand together. Roger's going to play. I would ask you, if you've never trusted Christ and you want to come to this altar and have me pray with you here to counsel with you, this is your opportunity to do that. If you want to make a decision for God, a commitment to God, come to the altar or just sit back down in the chair where you are, bow your head and make a commitment to God. Put your life and your all in His hands. Will you do that? Will you do that? Is there a decision you need to make? Maybe you need to come for baptism, for church membership. Maybe for recommitment to God. The altar is open to you. Will you come? Will you come?